Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast with the science and the screaming to determine the best movie for any given year. We are doing 1997 and we are on to our first movie. What? We're back up on our bullshit and that movie is Titanic. Let me introduce your current champion and my best friend, Taylor T-Money Money. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I feel like that's the first time I've ever been able to be introduced that way. Yeah, It dude. feels good. It feels nice. Yeah. Take, hey. one, take one right off the bat. I'm, you know what? I'm going to need it because I did not come prepared today. And did you I not like see the movie? I saw the, I saw the movie, but I saw it in like a real poor lighting. Big mistake. Guy it was real dim. Guy who sees every movie that we talk about and Challenger. Ryan, how you doing, Ryan? I'm good, and yeah, I've watched the fucking movie. And of course, I am joined by my intrepid co-host, Droppad. We are going to spend the evening talking about Titanic. This is a game show. You will be receiving points, and the winner gets to be my best friend. Even like over Droppad? Even over Droppad, my good buddy. Okay, Droppad, I think you've said it. People are aware that you're here. You don't need to say any more. Guys... I refuse to talk about this movie without first talking about the internet, for some reason, their favorite conspiracy or concern about this movie, which is, was there room on that door? Sound off. Okay, so I think I fucked up. Uh, The last, like two times ago, the three of us were hanging out. I made that joke about us talking about it. And then I think the last time we hung out, I made the exact same joke. So I apologize to you two for doing that. I hate when that happens. You know what? Yeah, that's... Right. Good you. on you. Good on you. Yeah, that's 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 big of you. I did not know how. I did not remember how big clearly boy. the movie addresses it. He tries to get on. Yes. It's a gonna sink, okay. and then he gets off. Okay, it's go- the the door's gonna sink, you guys. This I found this so frustrating. Okay, I find the joke frustrating, anyways, because it's one of those like grab for an easy joke. If somebody says Titanic, somebody is gonna make the joke about the door, and it just it limits us for what we get about how much Jim Morrison sucks. In the, yeah, or exactly. about their Titanic dick. But the movie 100% addresses it before she's even up on the door. Yes. He tries to also get on it, and he can't. So the question, honestly, that the internet is missing, I think, is not, was there room on the door? Yes, but they couldn't have supported them both. The question is, is it okay that it's clear only one of them can be on the door, and he says, Rose, you get on the door, and she doesn't blink a fucking eye she's just like yeah that's meat and right that i should be on top of the door and that you be in the freezing cold water still very odd still like very weird to like make that like thought that like why didn't she wait in the water (laughs) but uh the reason reason, you know what calling me on my bullshit that's gonna be a point that uh she has just spent an hour of our lives listening to him say stay alive no matter what whatever you gotta do you're gonna stay alive like she is doing exactly what he's told him finally for the previous hour, she has been putting her life at risk. Yeah. And he's been, like, happy about it because that means that he stays alive, too. But also kind of pissed. Like, no, Rose, go, go. <laughs> and then she finally does. And people are like, well, what the fuck, bitch? Why aren't you getting the ocean? <laughs> I, do, I do think that people are mad about this for literally no reason. Yeah. It's like, it, I think it's a bunch of people who have never at any point in their lives tried to balance on any sort of flotation <laughs> device in the water. Because I did that a lot as a kid. And let me tell you, there's a lot of things that don't float good. Yeah. And that door is one of them. For sure. That thing is not going to support that Because weight. also, she's on the door, right? Which is nice. But it's not like she's above the water. No, she's she is still- also like 
50, 60 percent in yeah. the water. Like if the, her if, nipples are in the water, that's the coldest yeah. fucking part, dude. If if that boat did not come back for her, like exactly when it did, like another twenty minutes, and she'd also be not dead. even twenty minutes, dude. She honestly was like, I think I'm gonna die. Her, and, th- her throat froze. Yeah, and then uh, she was like, you know what? Jack said that whole thing about how I shouldn't. I think the problem that people <laughs> this have 16 is... 16-year-old that I met 24 <laughs> hours ago said that thing, so I got to do this. The problem that people have is that Jack is in the water freezing, and Rose is sitting on the door, shoes off, just d- dangling her yeah. feet in the water. She's got one of those coconut drinks in her hands. It's chilly, Jack. I don't know. God, it's so cold. Or the part where she just puts her feet up on his head. You know, yeah. and she's yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to put my little footsies up. I just feel more comfortable. She, she tries to, like, stick. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just get out of the cold <laughs> water? You, you know what? For totally derailing the show with your weird cough thing, Taylor. take a point. That's oh, for you, you T-Money. I apologize for coughing unexpectedly directly into the microphone. Yeah, you just, you were not coughing, and then you went to say something, and so then you just coughed directly <laughs> to the microphone it after kind of slamming your face into can it. I, yeah. Can I be the first one to say real quick before we get into it? Um, I was... Ready to come in and make fun. I knew that this wasn't going to be like an American beauty level of, holy shit, I can't believe this won the Oscar. But it, it's definitely not our typical type of movie no. that we jizz all over. I And I have not seen it since theaters. I could not believe how like thoroughly entertained and stoked about this movie I was. Are you fucking kidding me? I really can't. This was, th- this was the worst movie I have had to watch for See, this. I think okay. that's so lame and hipster and it's, trying to sound cool. No, it is. Listen, it is three hours long and it, is an, and it is an inch deep. It, they, they spread themselves so fucking thin. How do you make a three hour and 15 minute movie and you still have a character like fucking Fabrizio who disappears for an hour and a half? Okay, you guys. What the hell happens to Rizio? He's like one of the main characters in the first, like, or the yeah. second, like, 15 minutes of the movie. And then the movie's like, fuck Rizio. He's literally not in it for the middle two hours. And then at the very end, it's like, hey, remember Rizio? Uh, anyway, he's dying. First yeah. of all, it's Fabrizio. And you can tell because every time he sits on a couch, it's cleaner than it was before. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I think it's. I think he had to leave because uh, he had to leave. <laughs> he, had he had to, to go, go back <laughs> to his home planet, go Italy, because he gets the best death. Like he does a lot of heroic stuff towards the end, yeah. and then that big fucking steam tower falls right on his head, okay. like directly Definitely. onto his head. Yeah, that is legit the best death in this movie, right? Yes. Like if you had to die the way any of these people die, horrifying. Lord, yeah. please do not let me drown. Do not let me die freezing. Uh, propeller if, man? If you want to s- just squash me, yeah, <laughs> the propeller guy who had the most absurd death. If you just want to squash me, though, I don't know. Squashing's not a bad but, way to go. If it's instant, you, dude, you don't know about that. that. That goes into my my proposal that the actual like last hour and a half of this movie is an actual horror movie, oh. complete with like kills and the whole thing. Okay, yeah, I think, dude, I have to give you a point for that because I think that is very intentionally done. Yeah, like, the 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 sound is like the the boat ripping apart sounds like a creature yeah. coming for them. The water is shot in such a menacing fashion. That's why I that's why I think that I'm closer to Ryan than you Taylor in that I don't have like a very high opinion of this movie except to say it's entertaining like it does some good things. I think it, it's, it's a children's movie. At a certain it's point two it two beca- different movies yeah. sort of like married together in the middle, but because of how much you care about the first part of the movie you get even more deeply invested in the Th- second part. That's the thing. It wouldn't have happened. See, it- I, I, do, I do not care about the first part of the movie, so I think that was my problem. The, the second part of the movie, where it's a slasher movie, but Jason Voorhees is the boat? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, th- I think I'm okay with that part. And- <laughs> <laughs> we, we, all just, we all just watched that happen. 
what me paw at the button. <laughs> I tried very hard to give you a point. Wait, why are you pushing drop pad? Oh yeah, of course not. I would never do that. Drop pad. Well, it sounds like we have very different opinions about the movie, and in my experience, that always makes for a tail- terrible show. A terrible show. <laughs> um, oh, that's, oh, I don't like that. Well, maybe if we briefly moved away from talking about the movie and instead talked about something very big in 97, which was the TV of 97. Let's head to Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Rushmore. This one's very special to us because if you remember, if you've seen the movie Titanic recently, the boat crashes into Rushmore. Rushmore was briefly uh, sort of bobbing around in the North Atlantic Sea. Uh, after Titanic hit it, they realized it was just an attractive nuisance because the boat wanted to get so much closer to see those sweet presidential visages. Um, but because of that, because it is an attractive nuisance, we are going to replace it. And we've decided, of course, to replace it with the only thing that makes any sense at all, which is some of the most popular TV shows or TV personalities of the year 1997. Taylor, you are our returning champion and therefore have a sort of prima nocta situation, but you can turn that in to instead get to propose the first person on the 1997 Mount Rushmore Mount Rushmore. Sidebar. Or fuck our wives. So, yes, or, uh, yeah, sidebar. Prima knocked up. Has anyone done that? Oh, damn. Has, Hang it, on. has that been done before? Did we just Whoa. come up with a. Whoa. That is, there was a. <laughs> hey, there was a post that knocked up, and that was This is 40. Uh, okay. All right. All right. All right. It's always hard when you tell the initial joke that gets a point. And then somebody riffs off it and also gets a point. Yeah, I'm like, because oh, you're right. like, oh, I just should have said fucking nothing at all. Yeah, well now nah, he's got a point. Nothing at all. So producer Dave, we need the sound on nothing at all. Flanders, go. Not for next episode. Right now. Right, right now. Get I, it on there. I need it yesterday. All right, so I'm gonna throw on here uh, a show that I think belongs on here. Well, faces belong on here. So yes. Yeah, so I'm gonna put a face, and that is of Hank Hill from King of the Hill. Okay. It's right? hard. It is hard to argue. 97 was what? The first year of King of the Hill? I believe so, yeah. And it's I, this was... I don't know how you guys feel about the show King of the Hill. It, it, it was a formative show from my childhood. I bet. Do you think you are a Texas boy? I'm a Texas Did boy. Portray, you are Bobby Hill. It, Did it portray well, the vast panoply that is Texas? It, it portrayed a much more cosmot- cosmopolitan big city life. Arlen than, is a big city. Yeah, Arlen is a very big city. They got their own water to, tower. Exactly. We didn't have our own. Well, okay, we did have our own water tower. We were subleasing the, the tower <laughs> off yeah. of Dubloon. We didn't have our own propane store, certainly, though. <laughs> Actually, not- most cities don't. That's a weird thing about Arlen. Mike, yeah. Mike Judge is a Pop Filter Hall of Famer. He is. He is. And this is the best thing he ever did. So, Taylor... Take a point. I'm a big boy. You are a big boy, Taylor. I'm so proud of you. Right up on the mountain, Ryan. Yes. Do you have someone that can match the audacity of Hank Hill? Then that fucking maybe. Yes, I do. Uh, This was. This is when NBC was king of the world. (laughs) Oh, well done. Taylor and got a point for that. The king of that world of that king of that world was Jerry Seinfeld, who in '97 uh, had his partner leave, and then he was in charge. He had to be star, head writer, and showrunner because Larry David left. And this is the second to last season, I think. And second to last season, that's peak Seinfeld, isn't it? Yeah, it's it. There's some stuff that doesn't work. Okay, but there's way more often. Like the batting average is still crazy high. Some of the most memorable episodes. This '97 uh, gave us. Yada, yada, yada was probably the biggest oh, thing. Oh, man. Uh, but the fact that he was doing it all, and because he was doing it all, he took out the uh, beginning stand-up comedy, which 
was another favor to us. Thank you for uh-huh. doing that. Uh, yes. I, I think Jerry Seinfeld was king of all media in this year. Ryan. Very true. Ryan, now that's going right up on the on the Mount Rushmore, obviously. Obviously. Even Taylor would, would look askance if I didn't do that. Uh, let me ask you, where in time does this fall, respective to when Jerry Seinfeld was dating a high school girl? I think it was right about then. Yeah. Was it right about, right about then? That time. Yeah, yeah, when he was yeah, dating yeah. someone like yeah, yeah. 17 years old? But uh-huh. I, wasn't Hank Hill dating... Luann, wasn't that going on? I don't show? remember that much no, about the show, but I, I think, think I that's remember. what was that going on. That is not what was happening. She was a high school girl, yeah. Or she and Bobby were. I think well, I've seen on something on the internet about yeah, she and Bobby uh, were. Yeah, well, I, I think every on the internet, everyone's just kind of like mission moshing. It's yeah. very fluid. It's it's sort of like a... a Which perme- I try not to judge, yeah. but some of these people, they it, seem related. Yeah. It's a very permeable membrane. Is it the same with co- with cartoons? Well, is it still incest? It's hotter, if, if I everyone's no, I, th- I think it's uh, that's called uh, like in cartoon incest, <laughs> which is something totally Toon different. Says. Yeah, so it's it's fine. Not to quibble, I hate to quibble. You know, it's just not part of my personality. But uh, I don't think of you as a quibbler. The fact that Hank Hill and I love King of the Hill, but Hank Hill made it on this mountain and not Bobby Hill, top five funniest characters in TV history, seems insane to me. Dad, can I put a gun rack on my bike? <laughs> Remember the uh, Thanksgiving one where uh, Bobby wants to practice carving the turkey? And uh, Hank's like, do you think you're ready? And he's like, I wasn't ready last year. I know that now. (laughs) And as he's cutting it, Hank's like, oh, my God, it's so juicy. And he keeps his hand steady. Hank Hill, I think, is also a pretty good choice. Yeah. He's the face of the show. As long as it's not fucking Peggy, right? As no, long it's as not it's, Peggy. As long as it's not Hank Peggy. Hank Hill had that whole thing where like he has no butt, so he has to get like That's surgical me. butt implants. I have that same thing. I have that too, yeah. yeah. Just today, I was grabbing some of my back fat, and I was like, why can't this just be on my butt? <laughs> why does this have to be like weirdly poised above my butt? Just to highlight the fact yeah, a lot that of, I have no butt. A lot of surgeries take fat from the butt, right? And then put it like uh-huh. to yeah. make your ear or whatever. I need to get some of, rid of this and put it back there. Taylor, I do believe it's to you now. Okay. I got so carried away talking about but. famed famed high school girl dater, Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, I'm going to throw someone on here who I feel like his uh, the estimation of this character portrayal and him as a person have only gone up okay. in recent years. He's real big on Twitter. It's uh, Dr. Fraser Boss himself. Yeah. Mr. Fraser Crane, a.k.a. Uh, Henry Kissinger or whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer, yeah, who had one of the early like viral internet videos where he fell off a stage, right into a teenage girl, yeah. and then uh, Jerry Seinfeld's girlfriend basically just narrated like how much it sucks to fall. He's like, "Oh, I've fallen. Oh, that was quite a big distance. I believe I've hurt myself." Just in total Frasier voice. Yeah, still time. completely proper using yeah. big words. And he, like, Niles. He makes a little sound as he falls. Like, oh, oh, I've fallen. Believe I've heard myself. Here's what I'm going to do. Frazier, I'm almost sure, is going up on the mountain, but I think I underestimated the sheer talent of 97 TV. This was a time where you couldn't just like call up anything to watch on the internet. Yeah. So we got some quality shows in 97. So I am putting Frazier on the maybe pile. I feel like that's the reason that I put Hank Hill up real real quick before you realize. He's a first alternate. Well, no. Also, there's always in this game, and Taylor... Taylor. I'm going to give you a point for just let me point it out, which is very much Greg's shit thing. And Hank Hill is very much Greg's shit. So that got you through. Frazier is too, but I'm getting a little I'm getting a little nervous. So, Ryan, can you give us somebody, hopefully that goes on the maybe pile, but maybe he's just going to jam his way right up onto the regular mountain. Maybe he's just going to go on the mountain. I'm a little worried about this being a little penis centric. So what okay. I'm going to do, instead of cheating, which apparently I always do, 
Uh, I'm going to pick one of a duo um, just to, you know, balance this out a little bit. Um, it is, I think this is the fifth season of The X-Files. Okay. And it is hard to, uh, like, tell someone how fucking, po- including Fox executives. Like, they were more shocked than anyone yeah. how popular this was. Uh, it was 20 million viewers a week at this time. Which is was crazy for Fox and is definitely crazy for today. Yeah. So it would destroy like the top ten shows on today. Like X Files was so big. This was about when the movie came out, or the movie was about to come out in the next year. So Gillian Anderson, I think, was the queen of TV at this time. That's that's pretty close to a slam. I mean, I think you one thing you said is like it's hard to overstate how popular X Files yeah. was in like the the late mid to late nineties, but ninety seven specifically that it was finally when like it got out of just the nerds garage yeah. and into everyone's house like it was huge it's basically the reason that we got men in black okay i i, I could see that and also uh it did a very interesting thing it was like a look forward to what tv would become x files did a very interesting thing where the middle of the season like episodes three through 20 would just be like case of the week this, yeah this guy's weird and stretchy this guy's mostly made of smoke this guy has gills and sometimes a camp musical black and white episode. And then the but the first two and the last three of like every season were like this big meta narrative that actually went all through like, you know, who the higher ups of the FBI are. Smoking and, Man, Fox's sister. And those things were really what hooked people. And the show got away with not giving us what we wanted all the time and withholding it a little bit and making us want it all the more in a way that I think modern shows can't quite get can't away with. Can't anymore. Like, that was, like, now we can just demand, like, babies, whatever we want, and uh-huh. we get it. Yeah. Well, yeah, literally on Twitter, we'll just, like, cause a kerfuffle. <laughs> all right. That's going right up on the mountain. Ryan. Taylor, you have, I'm going to give you one more opportunity here. Okay. I'm going to throw someone out there who I think maybe deserves a mountain. I think definitely deserves a okay. mountain. You're not selling this with like a ton of confidence? The reason I say maybe is because you two are slight, awesome. slightly older than me, so I don't know if this was directly within your wheelhouse. Less handsome, too. Yeah. Uh, Topanga from Boy Meets World, uh-huh. because I feel like Boy Meets World was a generation-defining show at this point in time, and Topanga was a big deal. That's so true. And I think if Mike were here, he'd also be popping off. I think there's like a bridge between like your age and Mike's age. This is one of the few times where I think like, oh, actually, yeah, one generation can't be worse than the last generation. Yeah, but I got to say, no, I got to no, say, bud. No, you guys are so stupid. Remember, part so of what foolish. you win is being my best friend. And Ryan's so never going to bring me like this Topanga. So, so Boy stupid. Boy world nonsense. So stupid and so There's foolish. people in this friend group you could do that with, Taylor. I'm not one of them. Is, is there a trippy red song about whoever you think is great? Ryan, I see you. Are you putting so. her on the on the maybe pile? That's that's not that won't be necessary. Oh Fuck no, you. That, won't be, that won't be necessary. This is no. this is infuriating to me. This is this. I feel betrayed. Ryan, you have the last. You have the last person here. Basically, Fraser is like on the mountain ish. Can you unseat him? Okay, so I I don't think come this, heavy with this is what I'm saying. I'm gonna try. I don't think this is going to appeal to the your judges mom, your much. Your mom came heavy. When? You only want to appeal to the judges. You only want to. You own, that's all you want to do, you guys. I'm, I'm a, I have you in a game show where I award you points based I've, on how much you please me. I've, I've been doing this. I've got wrong. two guys. One that I think you'll love. The other that I think you'll just have to understand what a weird year it was. I'm gonna go with the weird year. Okay, please do. Okay, so it's hard to talk to people about '97 and explain to them. You that had me at it's at it's hard to talk to people. <laughs> You're getting a point just for saying those Why? words. That in '97, one of the biggest biggest hits on tv 
was where they took a very respected character actor, made him an over-the-top alien in an alien family, and everyone fucking watched John Lithgow on Third Rock from the Sun. I think this is so, so particularly 1997. Oh, damn. That's a very dangerous pick for our friend T-Money. It was 100% Greg bullshit. This was Third Rock from the Sun was appointment viewing. But what you have to understand, Ryan, and I'm sure that this will make sense to you, my choices are Frasier or Third Rock from the Sun. Frasier has had such a more lasting appeal. It, Third Rock from the Sun is perhaps the more 97 show because it was very popular in its time. But, like, Taylor, have you even heard of this show? I've heard of this show. I watched exactly one episode and went, that dude looks weird. And I later found out that that was French Stewart. <laughs> and then uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was the long yes. girl on the show. Yes, and so pretty. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, his girlfriend, I remember, like, I was a young guy when, when it was 97. I just wasn't want to put this out there. But she was so much, like, I wanted that girl to be my girlfriend. But you weren't an alien. Uh, but I was not an alien, and I was not the extremely handsome very talented, probably more intelligent, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And then Kristen Johnson was yes. the fourth, and that taught me some new things about what I'm into. Yeah. Like, she was the uh, military leader, very tough and strong. Big, and tall, I was into it. Bendy, goofy lady. But, of course, Taylor's going to take it. It is Son Frazier going to go up on the mountain. But you did come original, Ryan, which 311 is saying is a good thing. Ryan, will you, under protest or no, read us our TV 97 Rushmore? Can I ask real quick, would Doug Ross have done me better? George Clooney from ER? This is his final season. Oh, uh, I don't want to break your heart. <laughs> I think but, you just did. Yeah, that would probably that probably would have had the chutzpah to do it. Your TV of 1997 Rushmore is Hank Hill. Jerry Seinfeld, Dana, no, Scully, Dana Scully, Gillian Anderson, and <laughs> Fraser Crane. Wow, Ryan, I'm just thinking like we had the Clooners on TV. He was basically a movie star on TV every Thursday night on the biggest drama. Wow, what a great addition that would have been. Oh fuck, we forgot to record. Let's do this rest. Are we not recording again. any of this? Yeah, let's do it again. That's guys. That's why I'm always saying. Let's be recording the show. Oh, man. Podcasters be recording. When we come back, we will record more delicious content just for you. (laughs) Do we really not record that? After years of hearing about troubled location shoots and skyrocketing budgets, Titanic finally opened on December 19th, 1997, and it flopped. It made less than $30 million in its opening weekend, roughly the same amount that 2019's Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral made in its opening weekend. The irony was obviously wonderful. This douchebag filmmaker made a movie about the most expensive disaster of all time, and in doing so, created the second most expensive disaster of all time. But in its second weekend, Titanic made about $30 million. And in the third and in the fourth, the movie remained number one for an unprecedented 18 weeks and went on to become the highest grossing film of all time. Somehow, the three hours plus melodrama that unfolded in front of a shipwreck struck a chord with audiences, critics, and the Academy, which gave Titanic 14 Oscar nominations and 11 wins. Fucking nuts. Taste buds, I ask you this. Hey, am I off my rocker for thinking there's like maybe a very subtle social class message in this movie? I don't know, guys, really. What I'm asking you to do here is peer beneath the surface. Remember, James Cameron is a master, and so it might not be apparent at first viewing, but. We dig deep. So dig deep, guys. Is there a social class message? So not just look at the 
iceberg that's above the ocean. Right. But James Cameron is the filmmaker who gets us under there. Remember, the, the, the part of an iceberg that you can see is 90, maybe 95% of the iceberg at most. There's a little bit sticked on the, under the water there. And I say, Greg, if you want us to get under the iceberg, let us. Let us do it. God All right. That's going to be a point for Taylor. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so... There's a, there's a very there's uh, I'm glad that you brought this up, Greg. There's yeah. a very subtle message. Okay, you noticed that as well that there's differences in class. Well, he's been on movie of the year for a while, so like he's You're sharpening fine. his knives. Yeah, we're yeah. rubbing off on you. That's nice, and not yeah. just in that hazy way. We I'm did. I'm, re- I'm digging in. Yeah. I'm really digging in. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of that. I do think that it is. This is a message that I do not think would play if it came out in 2019. No? No, because there is absolutely no goddamn fucking way they would have white as shit Kate Winslet open up with, I was being taken back to America in chains as a slave, and not have a single black person on this entire movie? There's no way that you could do that in 2019. There's not even a wise waiter. No. This is a shooting out wisdom like crazy. They really went with the white star line on this one. I I think that the message would have to be this in 2019. I think in 97, it was actually a little more daring to make it this clear, and in 2019, you would have to I do think that slave line right. would be taken out immediately. Oh, yeah. 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 But That's I think that the message would be there. I mean, there yeah. is such a wave of populism currently in the country, and it feels like the movie is tied in directly yeah. to that. Because don't we see, like, this movie talks about the death of expertise. Anyone who might be an expert or in a position of power in this movie is routinely wrong, stupid, and culpable for the disaster. Anybody who is poor and just like a grunt knows exactly what you should do all the time, but nobody yeah. will fucking listen to Okay, them. can we take it a step farther, though, in saying Please that do. because of your station in life, you got elevated to a point where you're allowed to spit, like you do know stuff, yeah. and that was unfair, and you're wrong. All, everybody on the, the boat is like different parts, capable and incapable, regardless of how much money they have. But what we have here is a bunch of rich people who were just told, hey, you know everything and you can say whatever you want and we'll follow it. Okay, yeah. but don't you think don't you think that the lower class you are, the more in this movie you are portrayed as being likely to like have a good idea about what to do yes. or I, well, I think that's what's going on with uh what's her face like unsinkable Molly or whatever uh-huh. where like she is someone who is not this like old money type She has a foot in both worlds though. Yeah. So like she's still not as like capable as, you know, the guys in the steam rooms who yeah. really got a fucking horrible deal. Uh-huh. But she's also like she's the one who's like when we're on the boats we need to go back and like save people. Like yeah. this is not like a, a class thing. So I guess it's like uh, you're you should be able to think. And I think one of the, the most important iceberg list part of the movie is when Kate Winslet Rose is uh, watching the little girl getting trained for what her life is going to be like, and it's going to be exactly like Rose's. Yeah. And yeah. then she's going to teach her daughter. And if you're not bound by all that shit, then you get to think about you get to think outside of the box for lack of a better expression. Think outside the bun, I think you mean to say. And so it's not being poor. It's not being so rigid in thought and like you just have to make these decisions as you move forward. Okay. Right. Granted, then let me just counter with this because I'm not against this message. I just think the way the movie delivers it is very ham-fisted. Yes. Yes. Because when they show life below decks in like third class or human cargo or whatever it is, it is shown as this vast pastiche of different cultures and different like belief systems and different religions all 
as if they are a bumper sticker, totally coexisting, literally making music together, everyone dancing in their own way, but to the same music that's made by everyone else. Everyone looks healthy and fed yeah. as fuck. Everyone's clothes are extremely clean. I guess what I'm saying here is, isn't this a weird sort of poverty porn where... Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, like, I think that the attempt is admirable. Okay. I don't know if the storytelling tactics are that like next level. Uh-huh. I think they're pretty basic, but I don't think basic is necessarily bad. I just think that this is a story. This is a basic movie, right? Yeah, I mean, like, yes. and uh, like, it's I, pretty people kiss, we're happy. Pretty boat breaks and sinks, it, we're sad. Yes. Yeah, it's it's so earnest and it's such well worn territory that it's easy to make fun of. But I don't think those things are bad. If we do movie of the year, nineteen fifty four, like this is going to be all the movies, you yeah. know. So like, I think we're just used to like. More Tarantino-like so stuff. So this is maybe more of like a classic movie. Yeah, like, but if we watch The Godfather, right. it's going to be the same thing. Also, uh, real quick though, I, I think that I did, I, I disagree there. Uh, well, I think that the the earnestness is going to be the same. Uh, but I think that the attempt is admirable. I think that unfortunately, what we're seeing is James Cameron, what he thinks of poor people, okay. which isn't a lot. Right. It's enough to write a movie about. But it's not enough to like go in and find the what they're all actually like, you know. That was I, sort of where I was going next with, with my my next little inquiry, which was going to be like, do you the, the story of the Titanic is a story of class struggle because class struggle is in every story, but it's so literally highlighted in this. So, do you have to tell that story one way or another to talk about Titanic, and or did James Cameron go? I really, I have something to say about this topic, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking like make a commentary about it, this. It felt like he was dragged into it. It felt like he wanted to make a movie about Titanic, and then was like, okay, well, I have to tell this story as my, well. My guess, yeah, is that he, what he wanted to do, but it was not a thing back then. It wasn't until recently it became a thing. Is tell the story of Titanic like Chernobyl, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. just the facts. And he was like, well, that's impossible. I definitely cannot release that in theaters. And so then we get this whole big love story up right. front. And it's funny that you talk about Chernobyl, though, because like when I watched the one episode of Chernobyl I was brave enough to watch, I realized right away, oh, they're doing like, because this is a real-life horror, yeah. so they're filming this as if like the disaster is a monster, and so this is a horror movie, so therefore, I, or this is a horror show, so therefore I won't watch it. And I thought that was so original and cool. And then when I was watching Titanic, I was like, wait, you're just doing this yeah. shit from 20 years ago. But to Ryan's point, I think that he is trying to do a lot of the, like, give it real life. And I think that's why I had such a problem with it, is that he spends so much time on these little minor characters uh-huh. who we, like, really never see again. But he's like, these were people who were on the boat, so we got yeah. to mention, mention that this guy's very rich and th- this person's doing this thing because these are all facts. And it felt like he was trying to cram so much of that in there to try and capture... like. The, the history of it. Yeah, like the history but, and the reality of the boat. And uh, I feel like it, you either needed to pick one or the other. I also think, though, that he got a bug up his butt about... I, I bet he heard some, like, fucking punk teenagers talking about the Titanic and, like, who cares? <laughs> and they're all dead and that's funny. I remember the first time I saw it, I was just thinking the whole time, this would be the best ride at Universal Studios. Oh, yeah. And I think it's partly that attitude that, like, made him want to make this movie and show, like, no, motherfucker. It was insane i what? think that a hundred years after you know 2001 we're gonna get a 9-11 movie oh, that is this fucking dark right. because uh people will just have forgotten and they'll just get oh, flippant yeah. about well, it and i mean the the implicit imagery in that of large structures breaking in unearthly ways of people falling through empty space i mean it, it's it's very Which similar you get to at the same time you get to be like this is horrifying 
this is fucking awesome. Yeah, we get this, it all. This movie rides that that line, I think, very effectively. Yeah. Okay, it's it's awesome in like the very real, like right. original version of it. Is like this is inspiring awe. Is so it is obviously. I'm going to say the hackest thing I possibly can right now, and then I'll open myself up to the, cool to, to mocking. Love it. Obviously, uh, Bill Paxton's mm-hmm. character is James Cameron. Yes. So is the story of Titanic encapsulated in Bill Paxton's line when he's thinking about the story in the end, and he says. I've always, like, my career has been Titanic, but I, I never let it inside. Is that what happened to James Cameron? Because did he want to make the second part of the movie, and then he realized through studying it, like, no, it's you can't just have, like, big boat breaky. You also have to be like, these people fucking died in the ocean, everybody. I 100% think so, and I think you can even take it a step further. I think that when you are watching um, Gloria Stewart, Old Rose, talk to Bill Paxton... Brock Lovett. Brock Lovett. Brock Lovett. Um, hey, I cur- it's me, Brock Lovett. Uh, uh, looking for the... Here with another video of the Titanic. Smash that like and subscribe. Did you see my uh, earring? Like, because I'm sort of a pirate. Uh, they zoom in on that yeah, in- instantaneously. His introduction is a close-up on that earring. His tips are so frosted that they made their uh, own iceberg in the ocean. He... Okay, so Brock Lovett is James Cameron. And- oh, thank you, Drophead. <laughs> Drophead, shut the fuck up. I... Uh, what we're seeing is James Cameron's version of James Cameron as Bill Paxton. But, and I think that's very obvious, right? Like, that's how James Cameron yeah. thinks of himself. Oh, yeah. It's just like, that is like pirate. It's weird to watch somebody self-loathe yeah. that way. It's there, like watching a masturbate. There's no other reason for that entire section of the movie to really exist if it's not but just a jerk-off scene. We're watching a split screen, though, of James Cameron talking to James Cameron. Because the only way that you can change James Cameron, the like surfer bro pirate is to bring in James Cameron, the storyteller, uh-huh. as Gloria Stewart, and say, through the power God of story, damn, you will finally understand oh, the importance Jesus. of all these deaths on Titanic. I believe I have the soul of an old woman. And you know she's a storyteller. And this, the heart of the sea. This part is crazy. She starts talking, and Brock Lovett uh, interrupts her immediately, and she's like, Mr. Lovett, do you want to hear the story? And then he's like, yeah, sorry, sorry. And then she starts over with the exact same words, like, as if she was reading a fucking book. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. She's got that down. She has told that story many, many times. Oh, yeah. She's, she acted like it was her first time. She tells that at every party she's been to for a hundred years. <laughs> well, I guess it all started with one stormy morning. We are moving on, and we're moving on into a land of Patreon-only <gasps> listeners Rolling hills of thanks for paying us for content next to a creek of you're excluded if you do not. When we come back, we will be enshrining somebody new into the Pop Filter Hall of Fame, but only our Patreon listeners are going to know who it is. Descripto the Magnificent! Damn, Descripto bringing it. As the listeners are well aware, Descripto is a reviewer that we know, uh, writes a lot of different styles, a lot of different voices, has different complaints about movies, but we like to take some of his, or hers, really. We've never met Descripto, so it could be either one or perhaps gender fluid. Descripto, tell us your pronouns. It's important to us. Um, And I'm going to read you some of Descripto's reviews of movies. And I want to see, these are the movies in 97. Some of them might be in the bracket. Some of them might be the movie we're talking about tonight, even. (gasps) Titanic. Uh, Titanic, that's right. Right. It is Titanic. God damn it. Uh, uh, Taylor, yes? Uh, Titanic? Titanic, very good, Taylor. You you know that was wrong. (laughs) 
I will read you the reviews, sometimes affecting a silly voice because that's the kind of ombre I am. You can ring in at any time. Once you do ring in, though, you're locked in. So make sure that okay. you know the answer. And we can only say one movie, or do we just start saying? You just every say movie one movie, and then of. the other person has access to the rest of the quote, um, and maybe even a hint from me, or just like a little, a little look, a little. Hmm, how you doing, buddy? Or a kiss. Hmm. I suppose you could watch this to see the most cringeworthy performance of Nicolas Cage's career, question mark. So sad to see what he did after raising Arizona, which he was phenomenal in. Travolta was in his... Ryan, I think I heard yours. Is it face-off? It is face-off. One star. Bullshit. I watched this Moron. movie the other night because we talked about it so much. Uh-huh. Guys, it's fucking insane. I love it so much. Ryan gets the point, but Taylor makes a great point. This is a good freaking movie. It's so good. It's a good movie. When Descripto does some of his reviews, let's say, uh, I notice that there are a whole bunch of people who get very caught up in, there are a whole bunch of Descripto who gets caught up in whether or not something could really happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Face Off was definitely one of them. Descripto spent a lot of time arguing about like bone structure and height and everything like, like that. No, that's fine. I think you're missing the point of Face Off, Descripto. If you only give it I'll, one star, I'll take his face. There's that and off. I think we're way better at this now. But back then, like if it's a stylish decision, it's bad. Like yeah. they just hated that. Like John and this Woo movie is stylish all- as yes. fuck. This oh, like yeah. comes from the the time of like what if music video, like we're two what hours. If you made a movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Nothing against Denise Richards as a person. Ryan? Drop Dead Gorgeous? Uh, it is not Drop Dead Gorgeous. Taylor, would you like to hear more of this? Uh, yes, I would. So nothing against Denise Richards as a person. Oh, of course. But I have to say her character here is so smugly saccharine that Rico should have gone with Dizzy from the get-go. Shit! Meyer showed a potential to play tough, Taylor. Is this Starship Troopers? It is Starship Troopers. Four stars to star- Starship Troopers. And a lot of talking about an actress named Myers and whether or not she like has the chops to play different roles. Oh, no. Myers. Dina Myers, yeah. The acting is excellent. The special effects were, for their time, astounding. But I feel like the central story is undermined by the two remarkably hollow and, frankly, downright bad people at its core. I think I heard Ryan. No, I think I heard Taylor. Titanic. This is two stars for the movie Titanic. Because that's my review. (laughs) And we're going to get to that in just a moment. It made me feel sad. The loss of good industrial jobs. The shame men feel when they can't provide for their families. Ryan. Is the full Monty? It's the full Monty. What? That is very good. It is the full Monty, a movie that made Descripto feel sad. Because the whole thing is they have to take off their britches because their factory is being shut down. Britches get stitches. And also he's probably sad because there's no actual wiener in the movie. You don't really see all them delicious dongs. I have no concept about what this movie is about. You know what? You have as much concept as anybody else does. Sorry, it's not Mouse Hunt. Because honestly, everyone went to see this movie to see like a little length of pipe. Yeah. And all they got was like, it's sad when Welsh factories close down. Great acting by all. Lots of action, suspense, some great shooting violence. Some great shooting violence, which I know that's, I probably have felt that way about movies, but that's weird. And a pretty good story. Ending is climactic and exciting, but come on now. Raise your hand if you think it was predictable. Everyone, you're all right and totally enjoyable. Five stars. Ryan? First of all, I hate this person. Yeah. Second of all, is it Con Air? It is not Con Air. That's pretty close. Uh, on care? 
Is it uh, 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 Air in? Force One? You gonna ring in for me, buddy? <laughs> yes, Taylor. Air Force One. It is Air Force One. What the one. fuck? Air Force One, a movie that <laughs> that contains some great shooting. Some violence. great shooting violence. I saw this movie in the theater with my friend, and she had just eaten a pot brownie, and the movie <laughs> made her freak out, and we couldn't get our money back because she was causing such a scene. Four stars. <laughs> what? Ryan? Austin Powers. Not Austin Powers. International Man of Mystery. Not Austin Powers, International Man. Taylor? I'm going to say uh, Mouse Hunt. <laughs> Not Mouse Hunt. The movie was Gattaca. Yeah. Oh. Gattaca. Descripto went to see that movie with a female friend who uh, <laughs> ate a pot brownie. And she just looked at us several times. She looked at Descripto and his friends several times and was like, I'm freaking out. We have to get out of here. And uh, we did not get our money back. I loved this movie as a kid. So when I found it online, it's still funny, exciting, romantic, and super extra after all these years. Not often do you get something that's both extremely campy and extremely genuine. With that. Shit. Taylor, I, is that you, buddy? I busted. You let say, a squeaker go. I I busted in to say Austin Powers, but then you said the genuine thing. Did I do that? Yeah, I did that. Okay, Taylor, you're wrong. Ryan, do you want some more of this? I do. It holds up to what I remember from my childhood: fart jokes and all five okay. stars. So think of a five star movie first with F- fart jokes. With five fart jokes. With fi- fart jokes. I feel like that's Austin Powers. I feel. I think I should get a point. But it's based on a property from like childhood. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, I honestly don't know. Ryan? Hercules? Not Hercules. George of the Jungle. Oh. Uh, Descripto and many others love George of the Jungle. Not very accurate. One star. Ryan? Titanic. Not Titanic. Taylor? Uh, face off. Nope. Hercules. <laughs> accurate to the myth? Hercules was not an accurate movie. Right, 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 right. The, right. the no. fictional character that has like thousands of stories about him is not no very doubt. accurate as no depicted no in this movie. I like the concept and the fun. I like the concept about love for family and family reunion. I liked how it promoted honesty. While Jim was lying, he was having a good carrier. But when he stopped lying, Taylor? Liar, liar. Liar, liar. Very good. Four star review. For liar, liar. He had a good carrier. A good had, carrier because he had a good carrier. Not a good career. No, uh, I see. But a good no, carrier. He, he uses FedEx, which is the best carrier. This is a four-star review. Put me down for three and a half stars. <laughs> it was suspenseful and well acted. Acted. I originally saw it at least ten years ago, but couldn't remember it fully. And obviously, surprise after surprise was coming your way. I can usually stand suspended disbelief for a well-done premise, but the number of variables that would have had to be covered to make it work was too much for me, especially at the end when I have no belief that X marks the spot. So can... Ryan? Shit. Uh, It's probably not Last Crusade. I'm going to say Con Air again. Not Con Air. What movie ends with X marking the spot? Taylor... Especially when X marks the spot so conveniently and perfectly. Yeah, uh, no, I don't think so. Three stars. Um, I'm going to say Mouse Hunt. It was not Mouse Hunt. It was the movie The Game. Oh, because he landed on the X. Because he landed on the X at the end. I should not have been charged for this. Two stars. Taylor? Mouse Hunt. It was the movie Mouse Hunt. Congratulations to Taylor. 
when we come back, a cool sound effect, and then another one of our award-winning questions. Gentlemen, I ask you this. Do Jack and Rose actually have any chemistry, or does this movie just tell us they do? I do not think that these characters have any chemistry, at least for the beginning. I think they eventually get some chemistry when they're running through the boat and everything's like breaking down. Uh-huh. That I feel. Which is the best time to like have your first date. Right. Uh, I, I personally, my best dates have always been when we were under like imminent threat of peril. Which, modern life, luckily, you almost always are. Yep, so my dates have been going great. But <laughs> I, like, I don't think that these two characters really have any like reason to like latch on to each other. Uh-huh. It's just the movie's going, these people love each other, you get it. And I like to see them love each other, but I, I don't buy it. This chemistry thing is always confusing to me, and I never know if it's like the writer of the dialogue or the director, in this case, that's the same guy, or the actors, um, I think that they do. Like, I do root for them to be together. And there are issues with that. But I think that this is the best example of, I'm not sure Leo is the best actor. Yeah, I'm not sure he has yeah. a lot of range. But whatever his tiny range is, this is perfect. Like, I don't think he ever... Well, there's one scene, but like for the most part, he, ne- he never really like becomes a character. Yeah, He just looks like Leo. And he's got right. that Leo charm. Man, and then on the he does so much just like throwing really sultry, like teen yes. looks. He knows, like, yeah, like, yeah dude, there's a teen beat photographer it. who yeah. taught him what to do. <laughs> and then I think his best scene is uh, the dinner scene, where while he's talking, he'll like wipe his nose and stuff. Uh-huh. I think that's yes. great. And that then, was good. But I also think that it uh, shows how Kate Winslet, like, there is never going to be a script that holds her down. I think she rises above it so yes. much. And with those two, like, uh, skill sets, I, I do think that it works. Yeah. That's, I, I think Kate Winslet is knocking it out of the park in this movie, and I appreciate her. I just don't buy them together. And I think it's because he seems like a cardboard cutout of a person to take her away from the situation that she's in. Yeah, there's not a lot of depth to him. Like, we don't get any information, really, about his backstory. Like, his only, like, character thing is that he draws. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, he's artistic. But he doesn't just draw. He draws, like, exceptionally well. And they want you to know that right off the bat. Oh, because yeah. they show him drawing fucking hands. Mm-hmm. Like, when she looks through his portfolio, it's all drawings of hands. And yeah. I'm bad at drawing, but I'm... Hands fucking suck. Yeah, that's, like, hands universally are, hands are the thing g- that's supposed to be the toughest. Hands are not easy to draw. I think the thing, too, is that it's important to remember that they're 17. And although I don't know how much future I give this couple... I think that uh, if you keep in mind that they're both 17, this is, of course, they would fall in love with yeah. each other, you know? And it, it all Leo has to be for Rose to fall right. in love with him is uh, the opposite of what her life is. So she's going to find out someday if Jack is like all his brethren. Uh, he wears white beaters. He beats wives. But for, like, in this moment for Rose, this is exactly what I need. And I'm in love with this idea as opposed to this person. And then it doesn't hurt that he has Leo's face. Yeah, that's I was wondering about that because it... Ryan. It doesn't hurt that these yeah. are two very attractive people at their most beautiful. Like, I recognized when I first saw the movie that Kate Winslet was very pretty. But she is, like, stunning in almost every part of this movie. The, like, icon- one of the most iconic shots of this movie, with all this crazy stuff that happens in it, one of the most iconic shots in the movie is just her hat. And then her looking up. Oh, yeah. And it's because... That was a great hat, you guys. It's a quality hat. And because her face is so profoundly beautiful in that... And that's not just her. Leo in this is freaking gorgeous. And he is absolutely Yeah, and just killing it with every look and gesture. His hair is always in the perfect 
place in front of his face. As you said, Ryan, it's like they had Tiger Beat there mm. framing every shot for them. Definitely getting Edward Furlong vibes from Terminator 2 <laughs> on this one. And that's, of course, going to be a point for Greg. Well, anytime Greg mentions Terminator 2, that's you know Greg be a point. is going to give Judgment him Day. The one thing that, good, Taylor. The one thing that I will uh, say about Leo's performance besides that dinner scene is that he is basically unreal. Like, he is just this idealized, like, teen heartthrob yeah. throughout the first half. But I really like how in the second half, he, and it seems like purposeful, like Jack Dawson is trying to seduce her by like not really seducing her. But in the second half, when everything goes to shit, he, the whole time he's like, shit, shit, shit. Oh my God. What are we going to do? Like yeah. he sort of forgets that he's supposed to be a handsome superhero. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's the- even a part where like, there's that kid that needs to be saved. Oh man. And he's like, he obviously, there's a lot in this movie I think is, is very realistic and very sad about people being indecisive about what they should do and wasting so much time because they're not sure what they should do. But Leo looks at this kid for like a minute before Rose is like, we have to also save him. And Leo's like, right. Yes. Uh, right, 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 right. We're going to get, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Definitely. And Rose may not have said that if it wasn't for the teachings of Jack Dawson, who now she has to convince. Like that, that person that you were up on the top of the boat when everything was fine, you have to still be that person now. Yeah. I think the one moment where their chemistry really made sense to me. And I felt like them connecting as characters was the bit where he's got his uh, hand shackled and she's about to like chop it. And he's like, all right, practice on the thing first. Uh-huh. And she easily misses it. Yeah. She is not going to be able to be accurate with that thing. He's like, all right, fuck it. If you don't do this now, we're going to die. So just like, ah, uh, and like, he's trying to keep it composed, but like that little bit of dynamic was like, I, I feel like that played well enough where, like, I don't actually know you as a person. We met, like, 24 hours ago. Yeah. I'm trusting you not to cut my hand off right now. And, and, and with the whole necklace dealing, like, it, the, the fact that, like, the necklace was planted on Jack is hard to believe. Like, yeah. that's bullshit. He's yeah. poor. He probably did steal it. But eventually she does. And I don't know if this is too much, but it does sort of feel like they get to a point where they know they're in this big romantic movie, you know, and time is going on. Yeah. And so, like, they start acting like that instead of reasonable at all like two-thirds of the way through they got to read the script Mm -hmm. and we're like okay okay so we're good we're good let's just do this i guess i would buy that more if the movie leaned on it a little bit but you know like if they talked about movies themselves or or epic romances or something it's hard not to blame it on just james cameron being hacky yeah but i do think it works for what i was watching i i truly believe that there's probably a five-hour cut of this movie out there somewhere oh yeah that james cameron eventually was like ah we got to cut a whole bunch of stuff out because of yeah because of how long the movie is it's hard to imagine that there would be anything else but like we talked about with the character of Rizzio, obviously like there was a whole bunch of stuff going on yeah. with that character. That's, he I, also had like a rich girlfriend too. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I did look up. He had a rich, he had a rich, he had like a, a semi-rich girlfriend that like there's a whole conversation that they have that is a deleted scene where like Fabrizio is talking to his girl and she's like, ah, oh, no, I'm not going to leave with you. And like, but like, so there is other stuff that of course, because that's how foils work, right? Like, so that's yeah. of course the way it has to be. And I don't, I don't know if it's like intentionally racist, but because of how the final cut works, he is just like a pop-up stereotype. Yeah. You know, at any point, we'll be hey, like, Mamma Mia! Fabrizio! Oh, oh Mamma Mia! Pasta Fazul! The ship going down! Oh, no! We have a little bit of time left, but in light of what we have talked about with the, the lack of chemistry, is it weird that this movie is, like, or was for a while the biggest thing ever, that it was, like, such a huge cultural event, 11 Oscar wins? It, it, 
it strikes me as weird having only like sort of seen it when it came out. Like I had awareness of it, but it, like it was on TV uh-huh. growing up. But like watching it all the way through for the first time in like 15 years at least, uh, I'm astounded that it won that many awards. That like we keep saying basic. And I think that basic thing makes it hard to either like truly uh, uh, name a masterpiece for me and you, Greg, and easy to hate for Taylor yeah. because of the basicness. But I think the basicness is also what can get everyone on the planet to all agree right. on it. That's- and I mean, James Cameron knew what he was doing. Like uh, This guy goes on to make Avatar, right? Rose yeah. and <laughs> Jack's initials. You know, like this is... He's in well-worn territory and he oh, knows yeah. it and this all works. Yeah. That's... I... I watched this movie and I found myself going, I, f- I feel nothing with this. It feels extremely basic. And I was trying to decide, is this just because it's a very basic movie? Like it's a, it's a beige wall of a movie or is it because this movie changed movies? And I think it's the beige wall one more. Yeah. But I think a little bit of the second one as well, where like for 10 years, at least every romantic like pairing was like, we got to be like Jack and Rose. Gotta be like I Jack wonder if that's because be like Jack and Rose. Here's a Taylor ditty just- about Jack and Rose. <laughs> Chili dogs and whatnot. Suck it. Sucking on chili dogs. Sucking those deep throat in them Cheetos. I wonder if that's Taylor because you spent most of your life like really avoiding beige movies. Like I've seen so many clearly beige that like I can see how this isn't. But all the stuff that you watch is either so great or so weird. Ah, that's true. That yeah, you don't have a lot of like this, experience with just normal ass movies. This this does feel like the like waspy couple who lives in Portland of. Like movies, like they live in the suburbs, and they have a little white picket fence. That, is that it is Portland, Maine. Yes, it's Portland, Maine. Because you say Portland, I'm I'm thinking Oregon. No, it's Portland, Maine. Yeah, it, this is the, this is the Portland, Maine of uh, of movies. And yeah, that's oh, oh you know what that means. Taylor, shut up. We have moved on to the speed round. In a movie that's three hours and fourteen minutes long. Did we have to have this framing device of like the being in no. the future and then no, always having not. to come back to the future? It, it could have been at least 20 minutes shorter if it needed to be there. Looking, and I don't think it did. Looking at it now, I think that James Cameron is clearly the type of person where he was like, I, I will be in this movie. Like, yeah. I have oh, yeah. to put my experience in this movie. I, but, I mean, you don't, you don't go on submarine expeditions and not be like, we got to show the submarine expeditions. And, you- and probably he never was able to consider not having it in because those expeditions... Like is how he thought of the movie. Right. So yeah. in his brain, it was like impossible to subtract. And maybe there is like something ab- about Jack's message is like you have to go on, you have to live a life, and then we see her do it, and and we get to see the callousness. I think one thing that's maybe interesting you- about it is when the guys are actually talking to Rose, who experienced it, when they're like going through what happened. They're so callous, considering mm-hmm. she's probably deeply yes. scarred from having lived through all of it. I think that is the stuff that is important to the movie. But I think you can do real quick, like, here's what happened. And then yeah. do the story. And then the end just showed that she kept living. Like, I, I think you can do that in five minutes. The real important part. Five minutes of screen time. The real important part, I think, is not trying to imagine Damn. what Jack and Rose's marriage would have been like. But Rose in those pictures at the end where she's on a horse and she's going on and yeah. having these adventures, you know? Yeah. That is a really interesting thing, thinking about like what her life becomes. Because that picture of the horse, for instance, she's on the beach and she has a huge fucking smile on her face. And of course, because his thing is, I'm going to die now, so please have a good life after this. It would be yeah. great. Like, make it worthwhile to do this. Ryan.
Is it weird to be on the nicest ship of all time, perhaps the most romantic location, and then fucking bang in the back of a car? No, I think it's the hottest thing you could possibly do. <laughs> and it, like, uh, figuratively hot. and literally. Like, yeah. It was so steamy in that yeah. car. They're damp. In a, lot oh, of, yeah. in a lot of movies, people screw and they get super sweaty and that's supposed to be hot. No, is I that, hate it. I, yeah. That is the thing that I watched this time and I was like, okay, A, I feel uncomfortable thinking yeah. about being that sweaty and B, she's wrapped in like a wool blanket under yeah. there the other and sweating. That seems awful. That's going to stick to your skin. The most yeah. unrealistic part about the movie is that they think that Jack and Rose are in that car, like these henchmen, and they open up the door and they're like, oh, they're not there. Instead of saying, oh my God, oh it my God. In here. Oh, it yeah. smells like nuts and butt in here, dude. That is a that is a rancid car. Okay. Fabrizio, get in here. Clean this up. <laughs> my breath, she's so fresh. Uh, Okay, but granted with all that, the hand up on the window going through this this the steam. Also iconic. Also iconic. Yeah. It's dumb that they're fucking in a car. It's weird that they're so wet when they do it. But that's a hot shot, yes, right? Oh, yeah. She's clearly, that's the moment she's having an orgasm. We 100%. all know it. Yeah. We all know it. And then Hot Shot Bardu is, uh, when they're in the room, when they're, he's doing the art, that's, my, that's a sexy place to have sex, too. Yeah. But the best part about that is Billy Zane is running around saying, like, I can't find her. I've looked everywhere. <laughs> she's in your she's in hotel room. room. She's in your room. She's right in the place where you were. <laughs> Stand in, in the, the place where, where you are. are. Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Is there a more embarrassing self-own than the fact that James Cameron put himself in the movie and then made himself such a big douche? Oh, no. I don't think I've ever... Like, name me any self-own larger than this. I uh-huh. think the only one that I could even think of is, uh, like, Charlie Kirk every day on Twitter. <laughs> but other than that, not a single person. But, like, I mean, can you imagine what Charlie Kirk would... The character would be like if he wrote his own biopic. Oh, my God. It would be insufferable. And also, if he had learned a lesson over the course of like the thing he was making, so in the end, he's also like wearing there's his some, own diapers. Yeah, <laughs> there's something that's kind of offensive to the Bill Paxton character where he's like, "Now I've learned an important lesson." Where you're like, "Shut up! I don't want to hear you say that." Yeah. yeah. I, and I, also, if he just went down one more time, he'd find that goddamn necklace. It's down there now, big dog. <laughs> I don't right think down. if we watched this in '97, it would be so clear how douchey this person is. I think 20 years later, it's unbearable. Oh, yeah. But the fact that we got to go into James Cameron's mind and see what he thought was cool, I think is amazing. <laughs> it, it explains a lot about every single one of his movies. It does. Brock love it. Made them all. We're all better for it. Is there anything better than Billy Zane in the history of modern cinema? No. Guys, I like... He was amazing. He what? was... He's, just the best villain of all time. What happened to Billy Zane? He was in this, and he, went he, was, he was in Zoolander. Bald. Yeah, he went bald. He went Jude Law. Well, listen, he looked great in Zoolander. Yeah, Thank, thanks, Billy. And Zane. he's also been in a bunch of movies with shaved head. Yeah, now so he's I doing would, that. But like the whole uh, is this movie too black and white? Is this movie too good guy bad guy? And the fact that he was like, oh, I'm gonna double down on all oh, of it. Yeah. Like he is awful and amazing. It's because I read some stuff about this where the, like some people who were actually on the Titanic got represented slightly poorly. Mm. Jason was like, I'm sorry. Billy Zane is an invented character. <laughs> so he was like, this guy's going to fucking suck. But like even in like superhero movies, Dr. Doom or Lex Luthor, they'll 
every once in a while not do the worst thing ever. Uh-huh. No, Billy Zane's <laughs> dedication dude, and his eyebrows are amazing. He is fucking snidely whiplash. He's just like literally he's running around. He's like, ah, I'm going to pay off people so that a bunch of people die. At there the end, it's going to be like, great. Oh, I'm going to leave that kid there to die. Oh, wait, I can use that for my benefit yes. and then grabs the kid. It oh. is the most over-the-top evil thing there, that any character. There is clearly a point at which like almost everybody is going to die on this ship. And clearly, James Cameron was like, I don't think I really like set the hook about how bad Billy Zane's character is. So Billy Zane just starts fucking shooting yes. at them? Yeah! He just starts shooting at them. Even having said all that, though, you guys, like what a caricature he is, how over the top he is, this is how bad men have been and still oh, yeah. are. Like, it's probably the most realistic it's portrayal. In, dude, it is. It's important to remember that, yes, this is over the top, and that's just a type of man. That's just a type of man who would, as the ship sank, just shoot at the woman who spurned him. Uh, at one point, he uh, Rose was downstairs partying Irish style, and Billy Zane hears about it and throws the breakfast table over. How many breakfast tables has he thrown over oh, in their relationship? Dude, uh, that is a that 14. is probably. I mean, there's only one breakfast a day, right. but I bet it's pretty yeah. close to one a day. Yeah, it's. I, sometimes he gets in a two if she goes to a brunch. When, <laughs> Uh, what sections, scenes, ideas in the movie would be hard for even the most staunch James Cameron supporters to defend? What's indefensible in this movie? I think you just nailed it. It's I, the shooting. It's the guns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The guns. That feels the like guns. it was made for the preview. Like, yeah. this movie's crazy. Yeah. He's already flipped the table. He's already beaten her. Yeah. I don't... Does he really need to, as water is filling a room, yeah. pull the gun out of the holster of his bodyguard? And that also felt like a scene that was there just to keep the runtime going. Because, like, they basically... She was on the boat. It was... Re- like, we could just in there. And they're like, no, we need to have Billy Zane shoot at some people. Yeah. Let's have her get off the boat. And then he's right got to get angry again. Did you guys hear what is probably James Cameron's favorite bit of trivia about this movie? No. That uh, if it's... You take out all the present-day stuff, it's like two hours and 40 minutes, which is the exact runtime of the Titanic sinking. And Aww. so I bet that he was short and he had to throw a gun in there for shooting uh, violence. Holy. Right. Free holy. I do think also the thing that you could take out is the dolphins. You don't need dolphins. You don't need those dolphins up at the front of the ship. You don't need to have wonderful yeah. uh, clowns of the it's, sea. As, as, mu- as much as I love those Jumping things. Jumping and tumbling. As much as I love those things. Three hours and 15 minutes, James. Take out the bit with the dolphins. Yo, don't James. need it. That should have been Fabrizio's story, though. He becomes a dolphin. Yeah. And lives on You know like what? That. that I would have supported. Put those dolphins right in there. Let him that- fuck those dolphins. Skadoosh. Well, you know what skadoosh means? It means the end of the speed round. Oh, no. I will tabulate the scores. When we come back, I will tell you who won. And then we will talk about how much of a chance we think Titanic has. The number one seed, how much a chance we think it has of moving on. Well, guys, we're at the end of the show, and it is time to tabulate those scores. Taylor. Yes. My best friend. Yes, best friend. You scored a remarkable 32 points. Oh, man. That's pretty good. That, that sounds like I won. That does. That's usually how I begin telling somebody that they won. But Absolutely. Ryan scored an unprecedented 36 points. 36. Oh, man. That is that is our high score of all time, 36. So you went down to the best ever, Taylor. What can I say? You know, I always go down on the best ever. <laughs> but you're going to need to take off your best friend's shirt ah, and your shit. best friend's shoes and hand them over to I, Ryan. I cannot be served. You will no I, longer be served at the best friend I, cafe. I did not bring anything else. All right, here you go, Ryan. Fucking ass. 
asshole. Well, Ryan has won the show, and he's the number one seed in certainly my heart. How is Titanic going to do in this bracket? Not great. Well, <laughs> Taylor's a panelist, sort of. Seals it up. But uh, it's... Watching it, like it, it's really hard to tell people who weren't around in '97, like what a fucking Beatles level big deal yeah. this movie and this song was. Like it was a thing uh, that outside of Marvel and Star Wars, we may never get again. People still reference the like on the front of the ship, "I'm the king of the world," oh, yeah. although that has literally never been funny one time. Starting no. in the movie, it was awkward and yeah. terrible. Yeah, you could just cut that right out. But for whatever reason, people remember that part of the movie. So there's like this weird sort of compulsion if you're on a boat. To go do the bit. I'm, I'm the king of the world. It's never been funny. That's, never will be. I think this is a movie that is, it's not a bad movie, but it's not one that I ever want to watch again. Yeah. So It's I, not a movie of the year movie. Like w- What I always say, because I think it's true, is the movie of the year movies, we have questions unanswered at mm-hmm. the end of them. I don't feel like there's some part of this movie I don't understand because it's still a big question, or why did this happen, or what was the meaning of this. Yeah. The... James Cameron is afraid that that might happen to you. So he wants to put a big red arrow pointing to every theme and every message. And you know what? That's what made this movie so popular. But it's not going to help you in this contest. Yeah. That being said, though, and I agree with everything, Greg, uh, when we were doing the bracket, the initial bracket, trying to figure out what we were going to cover, I think that we were sort of bummed and about Titanic. Like yeah. We were sort of forced by society to do it. And now having watched it and talking to you guys about it and remembering like the reverberations of it, I'm very glad we did. Like, yeah, same here. We yeah. can't do 97 without the movie, you know? And I do think that it holds up in way more ways than I expected. Yeah, it was enjoyable. I mean, it, it, to me at least, it's not, it's not deep and, uh, you know, I don't consider it like a film. It does, it's not part of cinema. Capital F film. Yeah, but um, I loved watching it. I enjoyed talking about it. And I think having seen it for this show... I have a slightly elevated opinion of it now. Yeah, I I definitely think that it ended up more positively. I I expected to fucking hate this movie, uh-huh. and it's it's fine. It's 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 a movie. Do you guys think? And this isn't really how brackets work, but do you guys think it will be eighth? Like, do you think that it will be clearly the biggest loser? I think it's going to get dunked on by the 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 seating for this time, like. Honestly, some of the lower seeds yeah. are just so much more our shit. But if you put it up against all seven other movies, would it get dunked on? I think so. I think it's the weakest movie of the bunch. Yeah, I, I think maybe like Men in Black made the the thing, right? It did. I, Men in That's Black. That's going to be the big question, I think. Yeah. Which which of those? I think those are going to be the ones about? at the bottom. And I think that part of the problem too is Titanic went on to have so many awful sequels uh-huh. that you know right. Men in Black has only had solid sequels. That's pretty much on record. I mean. Wild Wild West was only okay as a Men in Black sequel, but... Well, let's wait to judge after we see Titanic International. It might be great. <laughs> Tessa Thompson and Liam Hemsworth having... As Titanic. No chemistry in Titanic 2. Well, that is our show about Titanic, but before we go, we have some very interesting reads, Ryan. Am I reading this right? Yes. Um, I would like you guys to... Uh, I won, so I am now in control of the stage. You guys can leave. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. just leave my own show. Yeah. Cool. Great. I'm handling this very well. Okay. Being a big boy about this. Very well. Goodbye. All right. I have the stage myself. So I am going to, instead of using those two uh, jamokes, I'm going to bring people up from our green room to give us the advertisements. Uh, Here to tell us about our website and Patreon is futuristic 
music pop star Carly Rae Jetson. Oh, hello, everyone. I'm Carly Rae Jetson. We know who you are. Yes, Carly uh, Rae. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I love coming from future Sweden, and I make <laughs> pop music. So where you come from in the future is everything now Sweden? Like oh, Taco yeah. Bell? Sweden has taken over all countries through violent, violent force. I, I saw that coming about Sweden. I sort of knew that was going to happen. Yes, we are total dictatorship, and I am leader. What's your biggest pop song in the future right now? Oh, it's uh, Cut to the Feeling. Cut, it's still <laughs> Cut to the Feeling, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we have is a... Is that a cover? Oh, uh, uh, no, it's definitely original. It is, okay. Yeah, it's, it, it goes, uh, I want to cut to the feeling. That's, oh, I can see yeah. why you're so famous. Yeah, yeah, it's, I do a good job. Yes, you do. Do you want to tell us about a website? Yes, the best website is futuresweden.com. But if you have to go to second best website, it is obviously yourpopfilter.com, where you guys have been so nice to me. You put up all of my music. That's where you go. You can buy my merchandise. I sell signed posters. I sell signed ticket stops. It's I important sell to know that Spotify, my underwear. Spotify only has current music. Yourpopfilter.com has future music. Yeah, we have future music over there. Is there a Patreon? Yeah, it's patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. You can pay money from to them. It, none of that goes to me. I do not get any money from your from your pop filter Patreon. That, is, that goes just to you guys because I am, I am as you know, very rich. And uh, I do not need your money. Thank you so much, Carly Rae Jetson. Uh, here to tell us about all the ways you can contact us is the person in the crowd who Kelsey Grammer fell right on. <laughs> oh, well, uh, well. Are you okay? Whew, he fell right on me. Oh, did he? Did he apologize or anything? He did. He instantly just started worrying about himself. He said he fell quite a, a long distance, but he fell directly onto me. Wow, so, what a dick! Yeah. Oh man, thank you. Obviously, from Sweden, gentlemen. <laughs> All right. it, was that your first time in the front row of a show? As I bought front row tickets. I said you got to do it for the gram. Back then, it meant just doing something for Kelsey Kramer. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was like, got to do it for the gram. I paid over $8,000 for these tickets. Oh, no. Yeah, and he fell right on me. Listen, I'm the, re- I'm the leader of the future world, and my tickets are like $100. That's well, that's, you know. Swedish dollars, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they're, they're worth basically pennies. So, listen, I'm pretty, I'm pretty out of breath from when the gram fell on me. What, uh, what am I doing again? Uh, you're gonna do con- are, are you guys going to stay in contact, speaking of contact? Do you guys I, think you're friends now? I think we sort of have a connection now. You know, I just like... Uh, he fell on me, and I took his wallet. Uh, I think yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. Uh, pay yourself back for the tickets. Um, is there any way that you can contact Pop Filter? You could call one five six two, Doctor DJ Pop. Uh, he's uh, Kelsey Grammer's robot associate. One hand is quite a large fall. Uh, the other hand is falling on an unsuspecting front row patron. Uh, or you could email us at contact at uh, your Pop Filter. Dot com and frankly you know what where now I realize you're going to a Kelsey Grammer event you have to wear uh, you have to wear like a poncho yeah Gallagher tar, Gallagher right? yeah because you might just come spilling into the audience thank you so much oh person. you're welcome I'm gonna go back to the green room thank you yeah get out of here um, here to tell us about all of the various pot filter shows is mustard spokesman Celine Dejan what's up guys my name's Celine Dejan here's a couple things I want to get out of the way right away. I love a brown mustard. Do not give me any of that French's yellow mustard garbage. I will shit in your mouth. Is this like... Do not fuck with me. We just invited you to the green room to like hang out. 
Do you yeah. still you're still obligated to talk mustard? L- listen, I've got to get the word out about mustard. People aren't people don't know about mustard. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> people don't know about mustard. Uh, uh, here's a couple things that people have misconceptions about about mustard. It's not dog jizz, all right? Right. And I'm tired <laughs> of people telling me that it is. Snopes, right? yeah. Snopes is saying that it is. Yeah, and you know what? Fuck Snopes. And also, I love Donald Trump. Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> some some of the shows that I know you guys do. There's uh, the OCD. That's um, it pairs well with like a nice stone ground mustard. Mm-hmm. Um, what year? What's the best year for that? Any year, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I don't know a lot about mustard. That's why you're here. Clearly, you fucking asshole. Mustard can be made any time. It doesn't matter year. If, if you've got mustard that's lasted more than a year, probably bad mustard. Stupid fucking idiot. OCD, you guys talk about stupid fucking OC. There's Superhero Hour Hour. It's a show where you guys uh, talk about superhero shows that I, I'd probably pair with like a, a grape upon uh, something something in that neighborhood. It's uh, it's a good mustard. And then finally, it's uh, Movie of the Year. It's this show. It's a <laughs> the show, yeah. Yeah, it's a good show. I would put this on a hot dog. Uh-huh. Instead of mustard. Yeah, well, you can't put mustard on everything. What do, you, what do I look like? Some kind of fucking idiot? <laughs> you do. You Actually, you kind of <laughs> uh, do. You know what? I'm leaving. I'm going to go talk to the mustard lobby, and you guys aren't getting any more mustard from us. Thank you so much, Celine Dejan. And finally, here to talk about our social media is Barvada, the lady who comes up to any open garage and asks you how much your things are. Uh, hey, I was just walking by, and I just I noticed you guys got a lot of nice lamps in here. Uh, my grandson loves lamps. Your could grandson I, loves lamps. That's I his hobby. The, yeah, listen, uh, he's Brick Turner from that movie with the people, and uh, yeah, he lo- he loves lamps. He's not just he's not just naming things in your garage. He uh, he loves them. So could I have them? Could you just give them to me? Wait, you just want to take them? Do you want to make me like an to offer? Take them. Listen, here's the deal. These are some great lamps. He's got ADD, and I'm tired of him always bothering me. I figure if I hook him up with some lamps. So your grandson has ADD. I just have to give you lamps. The mustard guy just gave me hella mustard in my pockets. So yeah, I would like for you to give me some of these lamps. And you don't see that as a prank. You see that as like somebody giving you free mustard to use later. Uh, I'm going to give it to my grandson. Again, he has ADD, and he right. loves mustard. Real quick, you shouldn't give that mustard to your grandson. I shouldn't give the mustard no, to I'm going to leave grandson. before I say anything else. Is got, it special mustard? Listen, I got I to gotta keep the little guy When you give someone pocket mustard do you like slowly go in and hand to him or you just smack the pocket and let them catch what they can Uh, i always carry around like a stopper so (laughs) i just put it in there and i just like scoop up some of it and then just i'll just dispense it i've seen cargo shorts before bravada but i've never seen this many pockets you are a 90s marvel character you have pockets everywhere i'm also wearing a bandolier of just of, of all these different stoppers. If people don't mention specific things that you're wearing, do you then mention them immediately? I always draw attention to the bandolier for right. sure. I just honestly, my grandson made it for me uh, at camp, bandolier camp. Maybe you've heard of it, and uh, I'm filling it with some of my finer mustards. I'll tell you what, we can negotiate on one single lamp if you tell us about Pop Filter social media. Well, I, what I would do is I'd go onto Twitter at your Pop Filter, and I would just you could send them a little message. Can I get that lamp? Are you still using that lamp? How many lamps avail? Uh, or you could, there's an Instagram that I know I've checked out for you guys uh, at your pop filter Instagram. So, yeah, you can check it out. Thank you so much. I'm just going to grab a couple of these on my way out. But, okay, so yeah, yeah, they're uh, not just free for the taking. So, uh, Celine Dejan, if you pick up one lamp, I swear to God. Uh, uh, no, I'm, you can leave that there. I, hey, I'm man, I just heard there's some run on lamps here, and I just wanted to, I was thinking maybe. You know, considering everything I've been through recently and uh, a little you, short on You deserve cash, a lamp. If I could just have a lamp or two, I'd really appreciate it. All right. I need everyone off the stage. Greg, you come back on. 
Oh, hey, guy. What's up, Ryan? Um, kind of a run on lamps. Yes, we need to buy some lamps. Okay, yeah. So I, I think we plugged Patreon, but uh, real quick, let's go to Patreon because we need lamps. Is there anything else that we need to talk about, Greg? Uh, next week we well, thank you for letting me back on my own fucking show. First of all, we'll talk about that. Sweet. I'm gonna do one of these because my skittish finger is getting a little bit itchy, and we are doing L.A. Confidential, a movie that if you want, I have a prediction. If you just want to hear a podcast where three guys just gush over something nonstop, <laughs> oh, you're going to want to check out our L.A. Confidential cast. I don't know if I'm going to be more excited to hate or love this movie. <laughs> Either way, you're bound to have a good time. Can I recommend, though, because uh, apparently Taylor has beat me at this game before. Can we bring Celine Dejan in instead of Taylor next week? You know what? I asked, and uh, he does not have any availability. So he said he's got to off to talk to the mustard lobby. Which I don't know if that's like a, a people or like a, a physical place. Just like you walk in, it's just like the lobby for all mustard. What I do know is that is the end of movie of the year. Tune in next week when we talk about LA Confidential. But until then, keep watching them movies.